So back into the fast lane, not only we come back into the fast lane, but we welcome back into the fast lane as we come back into the fast lane and hopefully don't confuse you any more than we already have. Somebody that you've previously heard. You'll have to dig deep into those fast lane, Ed Lane archives, wherever you listen to podcasts. Somebody that we spoke with or with whom we spoke a couple of years ago as a coach. Now we have the pleasure of speaking with him in what I would presume is a much less stressful job. Josh Pastner, basketball analyst. He's doing work for ESPN, the ACC Network, the Field of 68, and he's gracious enough to give us some of his time today. Josh, a pleasure to be speaking with you. We hope you are well, and more importantly, hopefully it's a little less stressful than when we last spoke with you in the basketball side of things when you were coaching. Ed, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I've always enjoyed being on with you, especially during ACC Media Day, and uh, I do miss those times. And um, But it's a different change of pace being in the media than it was being a head coach. Uh, uh, you know, look, you're, you're still preparing the same way because it's very important you're prepared, and, and there's a lot that goes into it in the preparation. But the biggest difference is when the day is done, you know, when you're in the media, you can go actually when you go, you, when you go back to your hotel room or to your home and you're having dinner, even though it might still be very late at night, you can actually taste the dinner. You can digest the dinner, whereas when you're coaching, after a loss, you wouldn't want to eat. And after a win, you would eat. You would consume thousands and thousands of calories because you're. It was a celebration. So, um, uh, with the media involved, when the, you know the the preparation and everything is is so important, and nothing uh, changes on that. It's just when the day's done. Like I said, there's a little bit less to. Uh, you're not hanging your hat on the win or loss on the team in a sense. Now, Ed, there's a difference. You don't get that. You know, there's not that. Uh, um, the feeling of the win, you know, the, the thrill of victory. You don't, there's not, you don't get to experience that, but you also don't get to experience the agony of defeat when you lose a game when you're coaching, when you're a head coach. So, um, but I've really have enjoyed it. I've seen a lot of basketball. I've been all over, seeing different leagues, the ACC, Big Ten, I've been doing obviously with ESPN, ACC Network, Peacock with the Big Ten, CBS Sports Network different leagues, and then, as you mentioned, the field of 68 as well, too. So I've been kind of wearing a lot of different hats and have enjoyed every day. One more into the media weeds question with Josh Passner, and the optimism overflows at Coach J. Passner on Twitter. Definitely worth a follow, as we do as well. Josh, you work with different networks, as you mentioned a moment ago. Just curious, from your perspective, how that works, and not necessarily the logistics, but more, is that something that you always wanted because it provides the flexibility to broaden your knowledge of anybody with whom you're speaking and on whom you're speaking? Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of, you know, obviously, when I got let go at Georgia Tech, you know, you're, you're you, you know, Ed, when you get let go, you're sort of in a, you know, in a way mentally because you, that, that you just haven't, and I haven't experienced that before. And I was in a, calendar for my whole entire life of recruiting, coaching, game games, um, when practice started, you, you just you, you, your, your, your routine, your habits were all based off the 365-day calendar of the college basketball season. That's, that's what I've been since basically at, at, you know even before college. As a, as a college player in high school because you had recruited, you know, you go in the summer AAU, you're just, you're in this, 
schedule that was just every day was you knew when there you had an off time when you had to go to work et cetera et cetera et cetera so you're sort of lost when you get let go like that and 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 i'm you're just kind of like what am i going to do and 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 you know and you're seeing if there's other opportunities as head coaching well as things progress or as days go by you know, you're trying to fill up your, your time because all of a sudden you don't, you have a lot of time on your hands. Your days aren't as regimented or you're not in such a, a scheduled, uh, a state of affairs every day knowing I could have told you what I was going to be in three months from now on, on this date. I know where I'll be. I'll be, if we have a game, it could be recruiting. It could be this. So those things are different. And then what happens is, okay, I want to, I want to give media a try. I had, in, when the season was over, I did get to do with uh, March Madness, uh, with the, you know, with Turner and the NC2A on, on, the, on the digital app. And obviously a lot of things are moving digitally in this world, as, as you know, Ed, in the media. And so they, they cover the first and second rounds on the NCAA.com. You ever see those things, NCAA.com during the NC2A tournament, they all talk about going to NC2A.com, and you can watch all the games on there. So on your phone, so everything from the phone, you can watch all the games on the phone from there. Well, I did that in in the in the off season in in March. They asked me to come there in Turner. I did it. I had a blast with it. It was my second year to actually do it. And someone from uh, NBC had saw me on there, and NBC had just purchased the the rights to the Big Ten, you know, for and and they were obviously moving it to streaming with Peacock, and they obviously spent a lot of money on it, and they needed they wanted. They, and they had reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested in doing their uh, uh, studio shows for, for all Big Ten games for the entire year. And, of course, you know, I was, I was elated. I was excited. So I said, absolutely. Um, uh, but I also told them that I was reaching out on my own to other networks because I was seeing, you know, what I, I don't, you know, because at the time they had interviewed me. They hadn't pro- given me any uh, offered me any job. They had saw me, they interviewed me, they liked what I did, but they interviewed me. But I was reaching out to other networks because I wanted to see it up on my own and just kind of doing my own deal. And so what happens is, is I was able to get on the different networks, NBC, Peacock, um, ESPN, CBS Sports Network, uh, obviously doing Field of 68, some other things here and there, but they were all non-exclusive. And so I had the ability to do different networks, knowing that everything was non-exclusive. I had to fit it all within the schedule to make it all work. And then when it's all said and done, I, if, they, if one of the networks thinks I'm really good, I don't know if they do or not. i got no clue. But if they do, maybe one of them will eventually say, hey, we really want to make this into um, a situation where, where we want you exclusive, you're only working with us, and, and we want to lock you in for that. But at this time, that's not the case. You know, who knows what will happen and so I've really enjoyed being able to work with different networks, see different um, basketball, different leagues, work with different producers, different styles, different studio shows. And it's been a great learning opportunity for me as I move forward. And I have tremendous respect, Ed, for – I've always had great respect for everyone in the media, but it's even upped it to another level, being part of the media and seeing what goes into it and, and how good you have to be in all the behind-the-scenes productions, all the great people that are not shown on the camera part of it that do all the behind the scenes that make the make the games go. 
that's awesome to hear. You know, not everybody has that approach, but not everybody has got your optimism either, and that's what's really cool. By the way, it's at Coach Jay Passner on Twitter. Uh, great quote there. It's part of Josh's bio. Glass is not half full or half empty. It's overflowing, and that's what's really cool as well. And some of that knowledge is thankfully overflowing with us today in the fast lane from Josh Passner, who's doing analyst work for many different ventures, the field of 68, CBS Sports, Peacock, and NBC, as well as ESPN and the ACC Network, focusing in on the ACC itself, because that's obviously in our backyard here at the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Once upon a time, the Virginia Cavaliers could not find a way to win a road game. Now they've won eight in a row, including a handful of games on the road. Did you ever doubt that Tony Bennett would be able to get the ship righted with this Wahoo team the way he has? A, a couple things on this, Ed, on Virginia. So, you know, let me let me just, and, and, and I'll answer your question uh, directly about Virginia, but I also want to talk a big picture in the ACC. When I was in the ACC, I always felt that if Duke and Carolina, when I was coaching in the ACC as a head coach, if Duke and Carolina were not, um, you know, really good, um, or top ten in the country, everyone assumed the league was down. Everyone assumed the league was down, and uh, which was not true. But that was the perception about Duke and Carolina. Credit to Tony Bennett and, and Virginia. What Tony Bennett has done there, he has made Virginia just as strong in the last decade or whatever, 10, 11 years, uh, as a blue blood program over this last decade, and and the same at the same level and equivalence. Of nationally looked at as Duke and Carolina. And so when during that course of the year this season, when they had struggled and they had that, you know, they were, and not only did they struggle, Ed, they were losing by such large margins on the road that was not Virginia-like. People then felt the league was down, that the league wasn't good. Even though North Carolina and Duke could be in the top ten, but because Virginia pers- – uh, the perception was they were not having a good year. As I mentioned, Virginia's perception is the same as Duke and Carolina nationally, and people had just thought, well, the league's not that good then, and Virginia's not up to par. And so I say all that to say the league is very good. It just happens to be that when now that's not just Duke, North Carolina, this also includes Virginia, those three teams and so that, that, that people look at nationally. They need to be in the top ten. But I say all this to say Virginia. I think probably Tony Bennett, uh, and again, I wasn't at his practices, but looking at what, how they were playing when they were struggling, it looked like they were trying to figure themselves out. I think he was, again, from the outside, maybe they were trying to tinker and do different things offensively, maybe some things that they haven't done in the past they were trying, and, and for whatever reason, it just wasn't, it wasn't working. And then what happens, Ed, they start, you know, they, they, they probably settle into what they're going to do, and they just have been on a tear and on a roll. And, and, it, and just the other night versus Miami, I mean, Miami's a really good offensive team. Ed. I mean, they can score the ball, and they couldn't score against Virginia. They just, I mean, and that, it was kind of the old Virginia way. And so I think Virginia's really good. Of course, they beat Clemson at Clemson as well, too, which is a hard place to win, and it's a great win for for Virginia as well. So I just think it's one of those things now where they're going to be in the tournament and, and, and all of a sudden you're talking about instead of them being just kind of getting in, I mean, the way they're playing, they're going to compete for an ACC championship. They're not out of the ACC regular season title, 
But also, they're now looking like a team that can get to the second weekend as well, too. And especially the way McNeely's shooting the ball. And, of course, you got Beekman. So, you know, credit to Tony Bennett and his staff for, 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 for turning it and, and getting on the right on the right course. Josh Pastner is covering uh, plenty of college basketball with the field of 68, kind of an overview there, but working with NBC and Peacock, CBS Sports Network, and of course, knowing about the ACC through work with ESPN and the ACC Network, and he's with us here in the fast lane. Josh, you brought up that point about Virginia and kind of settling into things. Uh, you know, I, I, it's easy to look back a couple of years ago when Jose Alvarado and company helped Georgia Tech and your Yellow Jackets at the time uh, win that ACC tournament, but it seemed like that team knew their identity. It wasn't necessarily the most talented in all of college basketball, but they knew and embraced their identity, and that seems to be something from the outside that the Virginia Cavaliers have done as well. There's obviously enough talent to be winning in the ACC, but the willingness to do a lot of the little things. What value, if any, can you place on that outside of it just showing up in the win-loss column? Yeah, I mean, look, like you said, when we won the ACC a couple years ago, everyone kind of really bought into the roles. Had a, We had great chemistry and understanding, and I think that's maybe where Virginia, uh, during that stretch where they were struggling, maybe didn't find that identifying of their roles, or they were trying different things, and maybe it just wasn't gelling and meshing like it had been in the past. And and, and look, this is their first year playing without, you know, Kia Clark, you know, which is, which is not easy to do. You know, you've been so used to having him just win you games, hit big shots for you, all those type of things. So the adjustment not having him was a big adjustment uh, also. And so um, uh, um, that all being said, it's a big deal to have that chemistry in basketball or any sports, to have that um, momentum, that, that in sync type of mentality, uh, uh, understanding roles. And Tony Bennett does it as well as anybody in the country, if not the best of anybody. And like I said, Virginia's looked at Ed as a blue blood, as a, as a blue blood. And they are a, uh, uh, they're no different than North Carolina and Duke in, in current state of college basketball over the last decade, probably even at a higher level than Carolina and Duke in the consistency factor of it over in the last decade. Uh, not in the historical aspect, but for the last 10 years, Virginia is as good as, you know, they're, they're right there. When you talk about Carolina and Duke in the last, you got to include, you know, you talk about Kentucky or Villanova or Kansas, you have to include Virginia. That's the level of program they're at. The praise for Virginia might mean that Josh Pastner will be mayor of Charlottesville or governor of Virginia with that level of optimism. We say that tongue-in-cheek, of course, Josh, but we do appreciate all hey, the being insight. A, being a, hey, Ed, Ed, being a head coach, there's actually more, It's sometimes it's more political than actually being in politics. So <laughs> I don't know if I don't even want to get into that, that, into that world. If I'm going ever back into coaching, there's enough politics involved in that. Wow, well, there it is. Not that many people would be surprised by that. Uh, is pivoting, though, from Virginia, Josh, to Virginia Tech. They're a team that a couple years ago, they did what Georgia Tech did when you were there, and that is get on that run for an ACC tournament championship and really experience that moment. But uh, injuries, they've had you know, unexpected departures, notably Rodney Rice just before the start of the season uh, this year for Virginia Tech. And it feels like watching from the outside, like, Mike Young is a smart basketball coach, but they're still trying to find the right pieces to get the right consistency, particularly in ball handling and not turning it over. What have you noticed about the challenges that Virginia Tech has faced so far this year? 
Yeah, Ed, same thing. Look, I think Virginia Tech and Mike Young are outstanding. I think Mike Young's one of the best coaches. I mean, just you look at the stuff that he does offensively, um, it's really hard to guard. And they're, and they're really usually most, most very sound defensively. I mean, they're a tough, hard-nosed defensive team. I just think, you know, and, and you know, look, when you, you're playing against Virginia Tech, you've got to guard the three-point line. You've got to guard Couture. You've got to know where he's at. you obviously got Padilla. But, you know, I think Lynn Kidd is a big X factor for them. When he's playing at a high level, they're really they're, – they're, they're a hard out. When, when maybe he has struggled or is not as productive, you know, kind of at that block area and, and, and kind of commanding that presence in the paint, that's where they've had some issues or they've had some losses. But Virginia Tech's still right there on that bubble. They're not in, they're not in the tournament. They're, probably, they're on the outside looking in, but they'll have chances to move in. You look at the ACC, I think there's for sure four teams are 100% going to be in, which is Duke, Carolina, Clemson, Virginia. And then you're looking at a Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, North Carolina State, Miami, all hanging around that that will that are not maybe on the right side of the bubble. They're on the wrong side, but they you know we're still a month away from the tournament selection. That they will month actually five weeks away, six five and a half six weeks away, they'll have opportunities to move into the right side of the bubble. So um, there's a lot of great things for Virginia Tech. They're a team that's hard to beat. And when they're playing well, and I just think Lynn Kidd's the, the X-factor form, you know, knowing that the amount of, of, of gravity and, and focus that is put on Couture and, and Padula and those guys. And then when, you know, obviously M.J. Collins, when he's playing well, that, that's a huge addition. But the X-factor is obviously Lynn Kidd. It is for Virginia Tech. That's a really a great point about the Hokies. And, you know, if they can get that solved, they can climb their way back into more stable footing when it comes to the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament Outlook. Uh, 14-year coaching veteran, now analyst for a multitude of platforms, Josh Passner, with us here in the fast lane at Coach J Passner on Twitter for boundless optimism. Josh, thank you very much for your time today in the fast lane. We really appreciate it, and whenever it works into your schedule, we'd love for you to join us again. Ed, I've always loved being on with you. Let's do it again. I would love to do it. Let's as we keep getting closer to the tournament, and even in a couple of weeks, let's revisit this and talk about what's going on in the landscape of the ACC with a potential. NC2A tournament teams. Let's read. Let's do it again. Awesome. That sounds like a plan. Josh Pastner with us in the fast lane to wrap it up, and uh, a great perspective, and really a lot of optimism. Which <laughs> we could use plenty more of that. We'll have some, by the way, tomorrow. So join us in the fast lane, five to six.